Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. She is not only a dear friend, but she's an incredible woman, Miss Lina Escamilla. She lives in South America and is a business coach. She's got an incredible story of resilience and tapping into your authentic power. She is just incredible. I got to meet her on a business summit that we did together that she hosted. And literally, you know, somebody that you meet and you just meet them and you fall in love with them. That's what happened with Lena. She is the bomb. And she's going to be on the podcast so much more because I feel like she has so much goodness to share. Yes, she's a business coach and there are some beautiful lessons here. But for all of you out there, whether you have a business or not, this podcast episode will dig so deeply into how her childhood and her trauma and her past actually created the woman that she became and how she had to move through some difficult times and, you know, some some adversities that she faced and how she uses that now in her everyday life, in her business, with her clients, with her friends, you know, how she lives because of what happened in her story and her past. So I know that you're going to love it. I also wanted to let you know that in the show notes, We've got an amazing link. It's a free summit that you can tune into where I'm involved. I did some work with Lena on this. It's so exciting. She is an incredible woman. She inspires the shit out of me. And I know that you're going to love her. Enjoy the episode. Woohoo! I'm so excited that you're here. I love you. Lena, welcome to the podcast. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Oh, bienvenida. The other side of the world. <laughs> I know. Okay, you guys, I love Lena. I'm obsessed with her. We are besties and we are masterminders and we are sisterhood in business. Um, and she's a Latina, tremenda mujer. Where do you live again? Tell everybody. Now in Panama, but I'm originally from Colombia. Oh my gosh. And she's always in and out of Los Angeles when we can travel and running events and masterminding and working with women and business and all the things. So for everybody who doesn't know you yet... Please tell us about you, where you came from, how you got here to be this amazing woman that you are. Whoa. Okay. So let me give you guys a little context of what I do today. So let's start with that. I am a business and coach and speaker, and I especially focus on marketing strategies and how to grow your presence online, grow your audience and your email list so that you can create more impact in the world. And how I, how my story began, how back, how way back should I go? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my business journey my personal life journey what do you think yeah tell us about your life because I think it's really interesting when people get to know you know me I love talking about like keeping it real and coming from adversity and coming from you know living in you know Colombia and now you live in Panama like you obviously speak English really well but your main language is Spanish and I'm sure you have this journey as to how you grew up and how you got here so maybe a little bit of like past childhood baby Lina so the first kind of big 
thing I would say in, in my own personal journey was when I was really small, I think that's, that was something that really shaped my life was the fact that my, I don't know, I don't even know if you know this, I think you do, but I don't know. Um, my mom passed away before I even was one. I know that. So, yeah, so I was really little. So that was, I think, wow. kind of a, a big defining point in my life and in, you know, just everything. <laughs> It really shaped who I was. So I think the biggest challenge I, I went through after that or, you know, as kind of a side effect of that, that really impacted me and who I became in the world was that after that, my dad remarried. I had a stepmom. And I would say, like, it's, it was very similar to, like, the Cinderella story. So everybody remembers wow. that story. She was not, a, like, a loving, what I would define as a loving stepmother. All the contrary. It, she was somebody that kind of put me down a lot me and my sister because we were both kind of we were both daughters from the same mother and the same father and so my sister was just four months old when my mother died so when my mother passed away so um and then so we had this new stepmother when I was six and I would say kind of that was the biggest challenge to kind of connecting to who I was um and not seeking external validation and at that moment in time of course at six years old I had no idea that was what I was doing yeah yeah. of course But what happened really was to take a little bit back there was, you know, this new person came into my life, my stepmom, and she just really, I don't know, I I mean, to this day, I think she she has some issues, like psychological issues. And so she brought that in. Um, We spent the whole day with her because my dad used to work the whole day. And so basically, I was was surrounded with this person that one day, she was very kind of bipolar. So one day she was happy and she was nice to us. And then the other day, she was just criticizing anything we did, like literally the way we ate, the way we walked, just anything. And so for a child so small, Mm. uh, my sister five, me six, you know, that really confused me because I thought there was something wrong with me. And so did my sister. And so at the beginning, we really tried, you know, to we we thought, you know, we, we need to be better. Like, what are we doing wrong? We thought it was all about us. You know, as small children, sometimes we don't know. Mm. Um, and at that moment, you know, I, I went through a really hard time because one thing was I already felt as an outsider from very early on, just like not having my mother, like when all my other little friends had their mothers, Mother's Day, all of these things that children experience. I mean, mother is a huge part of your life. Yeah. And then now not only not having that, but having this figure that kind of always put me down. So it was really confusing and it was so challenging really to navigate that. And then at the same time, I had to grow up really quickly. Like I, when I look back, I think about this so much because I wasn't only trying kind of to survive and thrive for myself, but also for my little sister. So oh, I kind of became like, a, yeah, oh, so I kind yeah. of became like a little mom and that's mm. a, a, for her. And so the interesting part of it all that even though it kind of was a challenge at the, at the beginning, now looking back, I realized I could have done one of two things. I could have either, you know, let her define my story and her define, let her words and her actions and her thoughts about me because she kept telling me like what she thought about me, which wasn't very positive at all or empowering. But I, and deep down, I knew, you know, like that wasn't true. I, I felt like I was a good person. I did good at school. I had friends like I knew I had other validations in, in my life as to like the fact that I was a good person. Right. And then also for my other family members, this was so interesting because when I was very small at eight, we moved to the United States, uh, to Miami specifically. This is how I, uh, this is why I speak it. (laughs) So I lived there for a while and I loved it, a part of it, but the the negative part or, you know, looking back, the challenging part was that I got kind of taken away from my core family, which was like my foundation that like helped me um through those times which was my grandparents and my aunt from my mother's side like those Mm -hmm. were the the ones that were always on my side empowering me 
now I didn't have them. So like literally we were like in Miami and I felt like I was on this island just with my terrible wow. stepmother. And so I really like it was a challenge to my own spirit. Like, do I decide and let this woman kind of tear me down or do I come in and step in for myself? And it was, okay. you know, wow. such a challenge for such a small kid. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I became very vocal from very early on. So <laughs> I think it was due to that because I felt like even if not for myself, I felt a responsibility to my sister. Like something I could not see was like her putting my sister down. Like wow. it affected me even more than, you know, seeing somebody that you love. Right. I, I felt it was so unfair because even if I doubted my own worth at times, I did not doubt my sister. So I knew she didn't deserve it. She was like such a little kid. Right. Yeah. And so by seeing that, I just, you know, I became very outspoken. I, I told my dad, but at the beginning, like, he didn't believe me. You know, he believed the adult in the house. Like, he thought that I was acting out. And, like, he wasn't there all the whole day. So he didn't really know, like, if I was lying or not. So um, it was a challenge. But the, the lesson behind all of that really was that the more I kind of tapped into my own power and I started defining myself by really knowing myself and not by seeking her, her external validation, which was kind of the biggest or most important figure in my life, you know, I realized who I really was and I realized I didn't have, I didn't need to seek external validation from anybody. And so I really started from an early age getting a lot of emotional IQ or EQ intelligence. So I started seeing, you know, uh, from very small, I became very kind of uh, observant. I started seeing, you know, like she doesn't even have friends. I have so many friends in school. So I started seeing things like that and I to see like, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. Maybe she's the one that's doing something wrong, right? Wow. And so from there, I started kind of just, you know, I didn't believe her. I didn't, you know, I just didn't listen to her really. I lived with her, so I had to li listen to her sometimes. But I didn't let her words or her actions define me. And so I think that that's kind of what kind of kindled my spirit from the moment where I was really small to believe and trust in my own self and my own intuition, my gut and like what I knew to be true <sighs> rather than seeking it from outside. <laughs> that is, I didn't, okay, that is huge. I did not know that at all about you. And it's, it makes so much sense because you have this drive, this determination, like this self-confidence in you and what you're doing uh, against all odds, like, oh, I'm on my way to what I'm doing and I'm secure and sure of myself. Uh, Autoconfianza. Um, <laughs> can, can I just ask you, because you had a little sister, so how, do you feel like maybe that experience of you having her or looking after her helped you to not go the other way, which is feeling like shit about yourself, not stepping into your voice and power, like. Yes, totally. And it, I mean, it was like, I literally got to see the two sides because as I became kind of, kind of the empowered and the voice one, my sister became kind of the recluse and the quiet one. She was kind of the scared part. I was kind of, you know, the challenging part. I really became like the challenger in that relationship. I was like, you're not going to tell me this. Like I started talking back to my stepmother and like, like kind of, you know, challenging her, like, you know, I don't believe you, what you're saying is not right. And so she started seeing like she couldn't have an effect on me at a certain point, wow. like kind of when I was maybe like, eight or nine or 10 ish, I don't remember exactly. But I just like when I could when I was a little older, and I got a little smarter, you know, a little bit more wise, I just started, you know, defending myself and my right. sister. But my what happened with my sister was the total opposite. Like, you know, she had this bigger sister that like, kind of kind of spoke for her. So she was like the quiet one. She didn't want to mess around with anybody. She didn't want to get in trouble. Mm. And so she really like, she literally like stopped talking in, in the house. Like that's what she did. 
So I got to see the two, how, the, how we both reacted in different ways. You know, every human is different. And it's so interesting to see. And so I believe out of this experience, I became more sort of like a leader that's played out into my life. Like I connected with my leadership, my resilience, my ability to speak for myself and for others, because I, I love, you know, supporting other people too mm. now. And that plays in my life a big role nowadays. Um, and then I got to see my sister's side, which kind of is the person that decided kind of to hide and maybe kind of shelter and, and hold back many parts of herself, which are beautiful. But, you know, she got scared. So she decided to close up. Right. And so we all we navigated this and there's no right or wrong way to navigate it. It's just everybody has their own experience. But yeah, so to your point, yeah, we both handled it very different. And I think because of the stance and the figures that we took in in terms of that relationship. Oh, my gosh, that is incredible. So this is a perfect example for those of you listening to what resilience is to what, you know, speaking up and using your voice and really, you were teaching her how to treat you. And if you would have allowed it, she would have thought it was okay. And then you you said, you know, you got to a point where it wasn't working. And so she didn't mess with you. Um, that is freaking incredible. And now in business, it moves you into this amazing place where you are a leader you teach other businesses how to do this you obviously a voice for latin women a voice for women all the things um wow that's incredible i didn't know that lena yeah yeah oh yeah I, I, I didn't remember if, if i mean i know i hadn't told you the whole story but i didn't know how much you knew see we all learn i love this i love you even more if that's even possible <laughs> oh wow but yeah, it was so interesting. And now from there, like now that I look back at the moment, I really didn't know what, I, like how I was growing from that experience. But, yeah. you know, I started being a voice in my school for other people. I started standing for causes that I believed in. I even like when I was, I think around that same age, I think I was like 10. I did like a petition in my, in my middle school when I was still in, in Miami. <laughs> And like people were like petition at that age is like, what does even that word mean? Right. Wow. And like, I was like, I got all these people to sign for the very first time. The principal called me in her office and she's like, you know, who told you that what a petition is? Like, <laughs> and, and so like, I started creating my little movements of my own just because I decided, you know, to take a stand not only for myself, <laughs> but for other people who kind of were in these positions where they felt like they were either treated unfairly or they didn't, their voice wasn't mm. heard. Um, and so it's beautiful to see how sometimes your challenges in life, if you use them to your advantage, they can also be your biggest lessons and blessings. Yes, yes, yes. And as I look back, when I used to think, you know, poor me, you know, my mother passed away, like I'm left in this world. I used to think that when I was really little, like I used to feel very sad for myself when I saw like the other kids with their mom and wondered why I didn't have that. And it was, it was really sad. Like when I remember that I feel bad for my little self. But now looking back, I realized, you know, that gave me so much more independence. And I got I, also so much wisdom for my young age because I had to grow up really quickly. Like I said, not only for myself, but for my sister, I kind of became a mom <laughs> when yeah. I was still a kid. So, so yeah, um, it's interesting to look back and see how and it, when you can see the, the lessons and, and, you know, the blessings that come out of a situation like that. And just oh to, it plays out to everybody. I think we all interrelated maybe to people who are listening to us, which is also so important is that maybe you didn't have a stepmother figure like I did, but I've seen in many other people's lives, it's like maybe you had somebody who, whether it was a teacher or maybe now a spouse or whoever it is in your life that maybe is trying to put you down or doesn't believe or doesn't see the vision that you see for yourself. Mm. So it just goes back to that. If you can really, if you have a gut feeling inside, if you have a knowing if your higher self is telling you that you can and you're capable of achieving more, doing more, or that you simply are more in the world, because 
I now know that we're all inherently worthy. So it doesn't matter how somebody else sees you, perceives you, or believes what you can do. We are all so capable of just doing anything. And, and that is yeah. kind of what I want to instill in people through this, that for our challenges may look so different. For some, it might look a lot more, more difficult than others, but we all experience what we need to experience. And it's just tapping into your own power and your own way and harnessing that to support yourself and then connect to others and support them, hopefully, through that journey <sighs> too. Oh, my God. Okay, mic drop, everybody. Like, seriously, <laughs> I'm, I thought about 15 titles when you were just talking there. And if I was on Twitter, that would all be a big tweetable <laughs> because it's so good. And, it, and it's crazy because I feel like you're able to connect with so many different people. Um, I mean, you live in South America, but your, your market is really U.S. Like, you've come to Australia. You travel overseas. There's people in the U.K. So you're reaching all kinds of business people that have different backgrounds grew up different but because and I fully believe this you guys I think that the resilience and the, the tough shit that we go through really allows us to have the compassion the care the the justice the looking after people and this is also too why Lena you're so authentic and I want you to talk to that because that's really you're really authentic and you're really congruent and aligned with what you're doing and there's a lot of people in this industry you know Lena's a coach like like I am uh, she's a business coach and so there's so many people in the industry that don't have that um that good uh, authenticity and that good um, work ethic and, you know, a lot, it's all about money and getting stuff and materialism and it's kind of at the demise of other people and it's like, well, sorry that I burn bridges and you and your brand and everything you do, this makes total sense now to me. I'm putting the pieces together as to why you're so authentic and, and making sure that you only help people that you know you can help and that you're so loving and caring and really mothering people, which is so interesting because you didn't have your mother. And despite that, you learned how to mother your your sister, yourself, probably your your dad, and now your clients. And that's incredible. Yeah, and then I had two other little siblings, so I kind of became the mother of three. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, so, the, yeah, I, so the stepmother stayed in the in – the, she stayed – yeah, she stayed for a long while, until, almost until I was 18. And then I just gave my dad an ultimatum that I was going to wow. leave anyway. And are they still are they still together just because no, we're like, oh, good no, job. Shout out to realized. your dad. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, he's, he's, he's been very like, but I think, you know, I never held him back on, uh, I never held it on him because I think like, you know, we only know as we know, yeah. as we have learned ourselves to do. Yeah. And he grew up without a father. He grew up with basically without his mom either. His mom, my grandmother mm. had three jobs. Do you know how it was in Latin America? If you mm. were like a humble person or a poor person, like my grandmother, I don't even have to take it that back. She had to work three jobs. So she basically just went home to sleep. So wow. she didn't have time to like see her children. So my dad, I, I really understand Like he didn't have parent figures either. So I just knew he was doing as well as he could and he mm. didn't know. He just didn't really know how to do better. Wow. Um, but looking back now, he's, he's, he's now seeing the pattern and he's now seen and he's been super like, you know, talk to us and apologize. But I feel like in my heart, you know, it, it wasn't necessary because I know it didn't come from my bad place. I know he's always loved us. But of course. Yeah, interesting, the, the plot is that they got divorced <laughs> anyway, nothing to do with us. So he finally realized, I guess, you know, that it was best to part ways with somebody like that. But yeah. Okay. So for all of you guys going, I wonder what happened with the mother-in-law. What happened with the, what happened with the, oh, okay. So, you know, that's what happened. Uh, and he lived happily ever after. No. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, so this is you at school doing petitions and creating, being an entrepreneur, being a businesswoman, being a leader. Um, talk to us. How did it go after that for you? 
Yeah, okay, so in school, it, it was very, like, I also felt always I was kind of adapting to life, and I was also, I felt like, like, there wasn't more representation of who I was. Like, I always kept being placed in these contexts where I was, like, the new girl or the different girl. Like, I moved around several times in my life, so from Colombia to Miami, I've been in six different schools and six different places, had to start my life six different yeah. ways, and so... And like moving from from Colombia, Latin America to Miami, I didn't even know English. So it's like all these people don't know me, they don't understand me. So I was placed in many in many situations in my life where I had to adapt to the circumstances. And so that's where I became that's also where I became also or added even more to my empathy towards people, which you referred to a little bit. And I guess I hadn't seen it that way, but I guess that's why I'm so like connected into serving, honestly, because I know what it feels like to be on the end of feeling left out. Yeah. Or feeling forgotten or feeling like you don't belong mm. or like maybe you're not enough. So you need that push from somebody else to believe in you. And so I see that in everybody because I sometimes or many times have been the person who, who was kind of in a place where she didn't feel she didn't belong and surrounded by all these people. And so that happened to me many times and I just started learning to adapt. So every time I moved to a new school, I kind of made friends faster and faster and Weird thing is, I always became part of like, like, I don't like to define people this way, but like the cool kids or whatever, like the, the, the inner circle. And without even trying to classify myself, it was just because I was so open and connecting yeah. and nice to everybody. Like I never like did it to like discriminate. And so I think that speaks a lot to just energy and where we come from. We, people can actually feel that and tap mm. into our energy. And so we come from a place of love and service. And that's how it, I think it also relates now to how I do business in this world. Like we've talked about this, you know, outside of this space, outside of the podcast. And it's like so many people that we see behind the scenes that are like have the perfect pictures and the perfect life. But then you actually, you know, see how they serve behind the scenes and you're a little bit disappointed. I never want to be the person that people say that about me. I want to feel like if you see me or you hear me, whether it's in an interview or wherever it is, it's like and then you talk to me one on one. It's like the same experience. And I just really want like the best for anybody, whether it's just somebody I meet or whether it's a client. But going back to my to the story, so I had to adapt that allowed me to become very empathic to people to have to like adapt. And I also felt like I was never there was never like much representation of who I was. And then what how I felt this play out in business was I, when I started being called to kind of start my own business, I wanted to do my own thing. I always knew like I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I first started in the corporate world. Because I was like, okay, let me get some experience. So I, when I was in college, I launched a, a small business, my first business, which was a, a jewelry brand. I still have it. It's called Cumbia. I still oh, have wow. it. Because uh, in Colombia, we have a lot of like, and in Latin America, we have a lot of you know, hand, um, craftsmanship and like beautiful handwork. And I was also so inspired. And I always did like my own little jewelry when I, when I went to Colombia on vacation. So I started that. <laughs> Wow. But then I thought, you know, I need I need like real hands on experience. Let me let me start in the corporate world. So I dived into it. And, you know, I was just like so excited, like to learn that I grew up really quickly. So I went from being like an intern to a junior brand manager for brands like Juicy Couture, Lacoste, Speedo, Crocs, brands like that, wow. Scotch and Soda. And then I went up to become a regional brand manager. So at that point, when I was 22 years old, I started traveling all around Latin America, positioning brand, these brands in these markets. And so it was a really a fun job. It was really interesting. Um, but at the same time, I also knew I kind of wanted to do something more with my life. I was also already started tapping into the entrepreneur community 
thanks to my other small business, I started going to TED Talks, like TEDx Talks Locals. I started to go to do and even be part of the, the team that puts together startup weekend events and things like that. So I got a taste of it and I was like, this is my world. Like, this is me. <laughs> and so since I was growing my own small jewelry brand and at the same time I was growing these other bigger, well-renowned brands, people were coming up to me and asking me, like, how did you do that? How did you introduce your brand, you know, in these markets and things like that? And so I started giving advice for free. And so how that plays into my current story is that I didn't realize I couldn't charge for my advice. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, what I actually did, because one of my best friends became a coach, I was like, you know, I can actually teach this stuff that I'm giving out for free, which I was happy to give it out for free because I always love to pass on information. But I was so passionate about it that I was like, if this is my job, I would be so happy every day doing this and yeah. empowering entrepreneurs. It feels like so much more purposeful. And so... I, that's when I kind of got the inkling or a little push inside myself to be like, you know, this is what I'm, what I want to do with my life. But that's again, where the adaptation and representation played again was that I was living now in Latin America in Panama and there were like no coaches here, no coaches generally in Latin America, either like well-known people. And I was like, okay, like this, would this even work in Latin America? Like would people even, you know, pay for this? Cause like people are used to getting like, you know, word of mouth and just refer me and give me some free advice here. But like, I'm not going to pay you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, I was like very hesitant. Right. And so like, even all the coaches I started learning from or looking up to were in the English speaking market. Mm. And so I was very lucky and fortunate that I would, I was able to speak that language because I think like without that, maybe I wouldn't be, have had kind of the courage to do it. But I feel like just talking into that and you probably Erica also having Latino blood, you know, this, is that, you know, over here, things are so different. And so it's, it's really scary to jump into something so new in this market when like you don't see any representation, when you don't see nobody speaking mm. your language doing this, or even, or maybe they've tried, but nobody really thriving or making money from this. Like a lot of people who, who do it as a hobby, but are not really doing it as yeah. a business, especially at that point in time. This was like five years ago. And so at that point, I, I felt the calling. I really felt it strongly, but that made me hesitant. And I was like, I don't see anybody like me doing this. I just see the people in the United States doing this. So I don't know mm. if this is, if I can do it. And so I started doubting myself until like there came like I, what I call this like awakening moment, like where the universe just pushes you. Like so many things happen in one small, like three months period. I ended up, I, I broke up like with this long relationship with the boyfriend that I thought was going to be my husband. Wow. Um, my mother figure, which was my aunt bank in Colombia. She almost passed away because of a like very, very um, severe disease. And like, it's like three huge things happened in my life. I changed my, I decided like to, I was going to quit my job. So I did all those three things at once. And I was like, wow. you know, this is the universe pushing me to get out of my comfort zone and step into a new reality. And so I started looking at that as like a catalyst to change the course of the direction of my life. <laughs> and I was like, wow. well, if this, if there's any moment to do it, it's now. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where I decided, like, I, I just got the little push and I was like, you know what? Um, I think I'm going to quit my job. And before I did that, I, I had started trying on getting clients. So I did have clients at that point. So I just didn't just quit without any backup yeah, plan. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't really sure. Um, but yeah, that's when I kind of took the leap and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in and I just uh, trusted uh, and I went with my gut and, and that's how it all started. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how crazy too, because you would have been, you would have moved to Panama after Miami. Did you go there or were you somewhere else? 
Yeah, so I kind of skipped around, just fast forwarded. So yeah, I lived in Miami until I was about 12. Yeah, 12. At 12, we moved to Panama because of my dad's job, simply like he got the opportunity to get transferred. And so Panama is a lot closer to Colombia where like all of our family is. And we really missed our family, especially as the kids. Obviously me with my, with that terrible stepmother, yeah. I was like, I need to go to my family, please. And so like, and so we, we played a big decision. We were like, yes, dad, let's move to Panama. Let's move to Panama. And then, so he was like, okay. And then we moved here. And so from 12 to now, I'm now 20, I'm just turned 29 last week. Oh, it's still baby. weird to process. <laughs> And then I've lived in Panama during these past years. So yeah, like most of my life up to this point. So how did you find, how did you find getting clients there? Like, did you, did you try to get clients in your local area? Because obviously charging and, and making it a thing, because you're right, like, even in America and in Australia and the UK and these countries that are English speaking countries, you don't see Latin women, first of all, (laughs) and you don't see many women. So there are women but they're not the big, I was just talking to a few of my girlfriends and they're like, why is it always like Brendan Burchard and Tony Robbins and, you know, all these men and I love men. We love men. It's not about that, but it must have been so crazy to be like South American wanting to do business coaching, not having the visibility there. Like, how did that, how did you start getting your clients and building that up? Yeah. So I just really started giving value. You know, I, I, I knew I was starting out. I knew people were already seeking me for advice. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to continue on this, but just like charge a small price for it to start off. And I get, I get more people and more testimonials, more results, then I'll start charging more. Yeah. Um, so that was one, like how I really, really started. But very quickly, I realized like through my just giving value for free, like uh, webinars, um, small challenges, just little upfront value, just creating value and that connection with even the small audience I had at that point, which was mainly Instagram. Like people were really connecting with me and talking back. So the, the audience that I did start to connect with or the clients I started attracting were English speaking because I, I at that point I was like, should I do my Instagram, which was my first platform in Spanish or English? So I, I, I saw that there were a lot more people willing and open to receive coaching in English. So I said, Mm. you know what, let me start there because I feel that would be a little bit easier for me to start with. And once I get my feet wet, then I'll try to go with the Latin American market and see if they're not open to like actually paying. Because I I tried for a little bit, but people were very hesitant to pay or they wanted to Mm. pay like much, much less. And I knew like I could not afford to have the lifestyle I wanted and I knew I deserved at those prices. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go with the English market first. I feel like the Latin American market is warming up to this and understanding why this is important. Um, so let me start with the English one. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they, they become accustomed and it start, you know, seeing the need for that. And so I did. And so I started really, really doing everything online. I think from the very get go, also something that went to my advantage, which I, I still do nowadays, is the power of collaboration. I yes. like naturally, I think you know this because you know me already. I love connecting with people. Like I thrive off connection. I'm such an extrovert. I get energy off of people. I really do. Um, in my own personal relationships, in business, I just think it makes it more fun. So, you know, I started collaborating with other people that already were a little bit more established than I did. And that didn't mean that they were huge, just a little bit more, maybe a couple months or maybe just a year more than mm-hmm. I did. And so I was like, you know, could we do like something together, like a joint webinar? Could we do like whatever we could collaborate on? Because I knew that that way I could bring my small audience, they could bring their audience, maybe it was a little bit bigger than mine, or maybe the same. But that would kind of, obviously, just math kind of double our audience. So I double my chances, right. 
And uh, sometimes it was with people that told things different than me. So we would complement each other. It worked. Um, and so I started seeing that model really work and that that could be a great way to build relationships with my own colleagues and peers and also give a lot of value to new and tap into new audiences and potential mm. clients. And so I just started really that's when it all started kind of working or fast tracking for me was when I realized how much how much power there was in collaboration. And that to this day, and you know, this Erica is like mm. the one driving thing behind my business. Um, yeah. Just because I, I generally love it so much and also because it's so powerful. So it's it's beneficial yeah. in both ways for me. You are the queen of collaborations. And that is, Lena is going to be hooking us up and talking to my social impact mastermind ladies on that because I honestly think, like you, you teach me how to do that. Like you're like, check out this person. And can I say thank you for being who you are because you're so supportive and so amazing. And so like you, you nurture, you do, it's, it blows my mind now that I know about your mom because you mother, like you look after and nurture and love people so nicely. And I feel like obviously that's a testament to your success. But that's probably why you're the collaboration queen. You should be the, the queen of collaboration, Lena, <laughs> because you're so good at that. And, it, and you know, for those of you out there listening that have a business or you're starting out or you're like, yeah, 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 I want to collaborate. Um, it reminds me of a of a I'm going to be so rude right now and say this because it's me, but like of a young guy who gets a hard on and it's like, yeah, let's have sex. And it's like, whoa, calm down, like put that thing away. Please don't be trying to collaborate with people when you have no loving offer to give them, please, because I think so many people on social media are like, oh, I'm just going to collaborate. And can you give me this for free? And can we do this? So if you're out there and you're like thinking that that's a good idea, it is not a good idea. Um, we're going to give you all of Lena's details and everything in the show notes, because honestly, what you can learn besides her amazing story is how she does this so powerfully. It elevates your brand. It elevates your clients. You're able to offer more value to your clients. This is how me and Lena met. Our love story is a collaboration story. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's very important that you put it away. Don't be trying to collaborate all over someone because that's not cool. There's, a, there's an art to it, right? Like, how did you, if you can speak to that a little bit, because I think you're, you're so good at that. Um, so whatever you can share on how that became your thing. Yeah, so I would definitely share that the one main thing if you can, you know, take away for, from about any collaborations or anything that involves other people is just lead with value or yeah. lead with generosity. And that is truly when you lead with value is when you create genuine connections and authentic connections. And people can feel your energy. So I can, I've been invited to many other things myself. Like I normally am the person who I'm inviting people to collaborate, but I also get invited to podcasts and other things like this. And I can tell when somebody is inviting me just because they want to use my audience and they want to, mm. you know, benefit from my promotional efforts and what I can do for them. And, and I can also tell the difference when somebody really just believes in my message, my value and what I can contribute to their audience. Yeah. And so I want you guys to always keep that in mind, because if you're just looking at collaborating to get a result, to grow your own audience or just for the benefit for you. You know, it's a disservice to yourself because you're looking at the short term, not the long term. So collaborations, I like to think of it, you know, as a long term thing. I generally, as my personality, I love to connect. So anyway, like I would give value. But for other people who are looking at it as a strategy, I would say, look at this as a long term, right? If you want to develop a relationship um, with anybody in your in your space, whatever it is that you do in your own industry that could complement and put you yourself out there is like, would that person... Well, could you collaborate with that person more than once and maybe in more than one platform? 
And and if you can, then you should always try to build a long-term relationship because so many doors can open for you. They can introduce you to so many more people. I mean, I could, you guys, even, even give you the example of Erica and I. Like, we met through a collaboration I did. Mm. I invited her. We really vibed. Also, I mean, she is outstanding and she is oh, an amazing you. person. You all know her. I mean, out of the, the people I've collaborated, which have been many, she stands out to me so much. And, I, and I've told her this so many times in private because she's also heart-led. Because in our space, unfortunately, we don't find a lot of people mm. that are like that sometimes. You'd be surprised, but hopefully there will be more. Yes. <laughs> but it's not that common. And so we really, I say like we became kind of sisters at a distance just because you feel and you feel that connection even from, from a distance. So that speaks a lot into who she is and how I could feel her energy even from like just knowing her virtually. So that's kind of what you also want to do with whoever you're collaborating. You know, you want them to perceive you as they would a friend or as they would somebody that they would like and trust mm. and not just as being used. So I would say always lead with value. And a great way of doing that is whenever you're intending to do a collaboration or connecting with somebody that you want to invite to a collaboration, I would say don't only invite them to whatever it is that you want to invite them. I would also say when, when you're doing that, whether it's through a call or a DM or wherever it is that you're messaging them, also be sure to ask, you know, how can I support you? So, mm -hmm. right, I would love to feature you. I would love to have you. So can you tell me, like, what is the main thing that you're working on in the next, I don't know, 30 or 90 days? You can ask, you know, a time period that I could support in getting the word out. You know, I have this Facebook group or I have my Instagram platform. I'd be happy to shout it out for you. Just send yeah. me like the links and, you know, and that makes all the difference. You, it seems so simple, but yet very few people do it. I can mm -hmm. tell you like, I can count kind of with my hands, like the, the amount of people that actually ask you in return, like, what could I do for you? You know, what, what, what do you have that's important for you going on right now that I could share about? And even just a little question can make the whole difference because it doesn't mean that you have to reinvent the wheel or think like, what can I give them or what can I send them? It's like, just simply ask, right? Sometimes it's like, they'll ask you, hey, can you just like share this thing about my podcast? It's something that mm. might take you like less than five minutes, but yeah. it makes the total difference that you actually took the time and the care and the intention to ask them and not only ask them to be part of something that's yours. So always win-win collaborations. That's truly that's truly the best, you know, business model, life motto that you can have too. Yeah. Um, because what you give, what you put out in the world is what you get back. So uh, it also goes in business. Yeah. And it's so true because you do have, now we have like a genuine life friendship and we met from social media, right? How many women have I met from social media? I'm in love with Instagram. And, you know, you like, you make good friends and then you, you, cause you genuinely are interested. So it's such good advice. Um, you're a wealth of knowledge. You have so much incredible stuff that you're sharing. Just, um, as we're heading off, can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, so many people have a tough story or think they don't have a air quotes big enough story. And I, you know, we've talked about before that you've really used your authentic story to work into your leadership. So can you give any advice or can you share anything about how you position you, your story, your authenticity into becoming the leader and the businesswoman that you are? Yeah. So in, in terms in, in terms of business, how I'd like to kind of teach people how this could play out, how you're, what I call it is your unique authentic power. So I believe like uh, all of us are, are, are genuinely unique and we're inherently worthy. We come into this world with a purpose that's uniquely our own. And when we get lost is when we start comparing ourselves to other people. So that's where we can kind of fall into what some of us call like the imposter syndrome or mm. even just, you know, kind of having self-doubt or, or doubting your worth. So 
I guess this is why you're tuning in, of course, to the Queen of Confidence. So you're in a wonderful community if, if, if you've ever felt that way, because I feel like at any point in time, we all of us have felt that way at times, right? And so my invitation for anybody is just to see that you have, you're born inherently worthy, like everybody's different. And all you have to do is really tap into that power by discovering what that authentic power is, mm. what it is that it makes you unique. And so a way that you could easily identify that, that I like to share is either one, um, through your personality. So, you know, that's your style, the way you communicate, um, how people perceive you, but not so much seeking external validation, but just how you're putting out yourself in the world. So like, are you a person that is known like, because you're very, you know, maybe outgoing and maybe you are the center of attention and maybe you're always like a fun person to be around. Or maybe you're the more quiet one. So you already know kind of your personality style. So that's part of your authenticity or your authentic power. And then the second one is your story. So we talked a little bit about my story and you can go back and look at your own story. I mean, sometimes we overlook like things that seem so natural to us. And it's like, oh, you know, that didn't matter. Like for such a long time, I can say myself, like I never even shared much about my my um, stepmother's story. Not because I was ashamed or anything, because I really, I am, I'm a very open book. I think Erica knows this, but it was more because like, I didn't see that, you know, that I, that I was any special because of it. It was more like when I did talk about it, that people were like, oh my God, what? You, you overcame that? Like, well, that's incredible. And things like that. And I was like, oh, oh okay. I, I didn't know, you know, this was so unusual. So just think about your own story in those terms. Like what would an outsider maybe find interesting and what could connect your audience in case you have a community that you're trying to build around a message and what would be relevant in your story that they could connect to. It doesn't mean mm. that they have had to gone through the same thing, but they can simply kind of empathize with what you went through. And there could be a bigger lesson inside that, that could, so that good. could um, speak to some, some way, some way else that they went through a similar thing, but in a different way. Right. So maybe you didn't have a stepmother, but you did have somebody else in your life that kind of put you down at a certain point. Right. And so in that case, try to use your story, to talk about the challenges, to step in your vulnerability, to show your imperfections. And this is why I also connect so much with Erica, because it's like, it's all about genuine connection. It's all about showing up fully as yourself. Nobody is perfect. Mm. And the more you try to put on filters in your life and pretend that you, everything is okay all the time, you know, you're not really going to connect because people are not, are going through shit and they're going through things. Mm. And so you should also talk about those challenges and then talk about the lessons. What did you learn about that? And so, you can, that's your authentic power, your personality and your story. And then if you're a business owner, how I, I kind of teach my community or just anyone how they can use that inside their own business is that through that, you can create a movement. And a great example of a movement is Erica, because mm. a movement basically is something bigger than yourself. So it's like her movement is not Erica Kramer. Her movement is confidence. So mm. it's like anybody who's seeking confidence, anybody who wants to be more confident, who wants to feel empowered it's going to relate to that movement because it's bigger than her. It's going to transcend her and it's going to grow so much further than if she had named it Erica Kramer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I believe even if your Instagram handle is your name, that's completely fine. In my case, it is. But always have a bigger movement. doesn't mean that you have to have your website named that, but it's just like something that people can identify you through. Mm. For example, in my own case, the two things I love to talk about are, that are my movements are freedom and that for my students or my audience represents different things. It can be financial freedom, location freedom, which is a big thing for me, or simply um, time, money, and location freedom, whatever it is for them. But everybody's seeking freedom in some sort of way. 
So that really creates a connection. And when you have a movement, then you have a tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have a tribe, it's like those people are going to follow you anywhere, right? And they're going to be the ones that are going to take your movement into territory that you cannot even imagine. So mm -hmm. like even I, 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 Erica, you can probably attest this for yourself that you probably your confidence movement, your platform has expanded so much further out of Melbourne, out of Australia, even like we've talked about this, you're in so many places. Just because when you're part of a movement, it's like you want to share it. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I found this tribe that's just like me. They think like me. They act like me. They're going through the same stuff. Yeah. Like, I can relate. And you just want to share it because it's so incredible when you find that connection on that tribe. So think about what could that movement be for yourself? What is that one thing that, that you know, is important to you? For me, it's freedom, for example. And for me, it's authentic power. It's showing up as your full self. And those two things are the main con common denominator in my whole tribe like people who want to join my movement is because they want more freedom in some sense in their lives or they're looking to tap into their own power in some way or form more whether it's in their mm -hmm. own life or whether it's in their business so my calling to you from this would be to if you have any takeaways to tap a little bit more into your story because there's always all of our stories are special and then tap into your movement and then start communicating that movement so your tribe can identify you Because uh, the service that we do is that we think we, our movement is clear. And we're like, oh, I, I want to have free freedom. But if you're not saying it out loud, you're not mm. going to attract your tribe. So talk about your movement. Make your movement move mountains for you. And that will also be so, so empowering and so powerful for your business and for yourself. Because you'll build a legacy out of that. That's, you know, it just extends further than you could. Oh, another mic drop. I hope you had a pen and paper. <laughs> And if you're driving, maybe listen back to this and get a pen and paper because there's so much nuggets of wisdom. You are just so wisdomful. Um, I love you. I, I know you guys love her as well. So we're going to give you all your her details. But where can they find you? What do you have coming up? What's going on in your world? How can we help serve you? <laughs> Yay. So we have something exciting coming again, uh, being available again for free, which is Erica was part of with me. It's an incredible collaboration. I'd love to invite you guys. Um, you can either, I don't know, would we put a link uh, below yeah, we'll this? Yeah, put a link in the show notes. Yeah, or you can also go to my Instagram or Erica's. I guess we'll have it a link there. My Instagram is just my name, Lina Escamilla. You can just see the description because I know it's <laughs> a hard to interpret how to spell it. But the Alinas Camilla, you can go there um, and I'll have a link in my bio. So it's a business accelerator series. It's a business series, but it's also about really up leveling your life and your business. So we talk about things from mindset and confidence like with Erica, for example, all the way to marketing webinars and business strategies and things like that. Mm. And so we originally released this for free in March, but due to everything that's going on in the world, I decided to open it up again for free because now it's normally priced, but I decided, you know what? I know people need this more than ever now. And mm. we decided to make it available again. And so you'll get to access. We have over 40 incredible mentors, including Erica, and yes. you'll get access to that for free. So I hope you guys join that. That's it. I mean, it's incredible. I even learned so, so much from every mentor that, you know, I, I, I got to interview through that experience. So I'm excited to invite you guys to that. And that way, Um, you can get, also get to see Erica's incredible interview we had on there. Oh, it was my favorite. It's so good. Please go and check it out. And the cost is free. So please go and do it. Uh, it is, is amazing. You interviewed some amazing people. I learned a lot from that as well. So please go and check it out. Go check out Lena. She is incredible. Um, I feel like we need to come back and do another one, pero en español. 
para la gente latina. Um, I want to hear all about the Latin market. Oh, my gosh. You're incredible and you're amazing. And I thank you so much for being here with me and just giving everything you gave and sharing everything about you. I love you. Eres tremenda. You know, I think the best of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. My darling, we are in wild times right now. And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey. <laughs>